Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down the second game of the Auburn men's basketball season for 2019 to 2020. Your Auburn Tigers take down the Davidson Wildcats 76 to 66, pushing their record to 2 and 0 on the year. We're going to talk about all the stats and storylines out of this game. And to do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host for Inside the Jungle, Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, 2 and 0 baby, how's it feel? 2 and 0 feels good. That was a it was a good game. I think we learned a lot from this Auburn team this game. I think we did, and I think we saw a lot more of what we expected to see in the first game against, let's just be honest, an inferior team as compared to Davidson, but that Georgia Southern team was still a great team there. And so I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked you against Georgia Southern. Describe this game to me in one word. Fight. I think Auburn had a lot of fight in this game. Davidson was a pesky team that kept coming back, and you know Auburn fought hard on defense. They fought hard in a slowed down half court played game most of the time they tried to pace it from time to time but they they fought well in the half court offense that you know struggled I I thought tonight but ultimately they got the job done and so I think fight describes this well what about you that'd be the a great word I'd say there uh fight is a really good one to describe this one I think uh eye opening for me would be one just not for just the team but in terms of some players, things that we'll get into in just a little bit more specifically, but it kind of, you know, we talk about, you know, this guy's going to be great or this guy's going to have a breakout year or is this guy going to do better than he did last year? And I think we saw a lot of pieces of what can be this season falling into place on the road at a neutral site. So let's actually start there and talk about that aspect of this. So this is the Veterans Classic, which is held in Annapolis, Maryland, hosted by the Navy ship, uh, Midshipmen which I think is a great thing, obviously, you know, we're patriotic, just like most people are in the country. And so we love anytime we can, you know, show our, our colors and things like that. So I, I, and show our appreciation to those servicemen and women that are uh, serving right now. So I think, or actually in the past, this is the veterans classic here. So I think this is a great opportunity to show our appreciation for that, uh, getting a chance to be there in or close to the nation's capital. Um, One thing that's interesting about, the veterans classic that I don't think the casual basketball fan understands is this is not a tournament. Um, A lot of people hear those type of words, classic invitational, not always are they actual tournaments. And this is the case here. This is just Auburn versus Davidson. There's a second game with Navy versus Eastern Carolina. That's actually going on right now as we're recording. So we won't be able to really comment on that one. They won't play each other outside of the game that you're actually playing in right now. So I think that's the thing that a lot of people 
get confused with. Do you like this format, Drew? Do you like having what's called a classic and not it actually being a tournament? I, I'm fine with it as long as the competition was good. I thought, you know, getting Davidson as the game that you're playing against, I don't really know how all these are scheduled and the inner workings or whether we pick Davidson, whether they invite and we just happen to draw Davidson, whatever. But I, I'm fine with them. I mean, the more games you can get on neutral court, which is where you're going to be playing in an NCAA tournament, and the more games you can get against tough opponents that are going to cause you to get out of your comfort zone, I'm always for that. Yeah, I think neutral side is the key thing there because we saw Auburn, uh, even in the Bruce Pearl, the entirety of his era so far, they've had some struggles on the road and at neutral sites. And I think while you know we won't say Davidson is Kentucky or North Carolina or anything like that, uh, they are still a great program who has the ability to be very dangerous. As you described it, it was a fight tonight. So to go onto a neutral site far away from your home fan base and perform pretty well is a very encouraging sign even earlier in the season. And from my understanding, there was a great crowd uh, tonight there in Annapolis to support the Tigers. And to me, Drew, it seemed like Bruce was very appreciative of that support that showed up. Yeah, I, I think they showed out well. And when they panned to the crowd the few times that they did, you could obviously tell that there was Auburn folks in the building. And, you know, it's good to travel. It, it's good to see the Auburn fan base really coming out and supporting basketball because that's not something we've really seen in the history of Auburn basketball. There's been spurts, but it seems as now Auburn's becoming a brand that people will come out and support. And, you know, that's fun to see, to see road games that are neutral games or road games or whatever they are and see Auburn fans in the crowd. That's always fun. And the other thing, too, is we even had people in our discussions group on our game thread that we normally have during basketball games, like sharing pictures from the actual arena. So that's just the cool thing there is that there's enough people going that we even have some people with our inner circle of people that we know in the Auburn family that are now able to attend and go to those places. So I just think it's a really cool moment when you, when you saw them advertising for the veterans classic and Bruce Pearl was making these videos, come support us in Maryland. You kind of got the feeling is he begging for people to come. I don't think he had to beg. I think he just had to put out a couple advertisements and he's a great marketer. I mean, he is the, the biggest salesman. I think that Auburn has on campus at this point, whether it's for basketball, for scholarships, for just come out and, well, I was about to say have a cookout, but then that kind of brings up old memories that we don't really want to talk about with Bruce Pearl. Uh, but he's just a great uh, marketer, and I think he did a great job of getting the fans fired up for a match against Davidson. So when you think about Davidson traditionally, Drew, what do you think about? Uh, I mean, Steph Curry is obviously the the one you go to with that, but in recent history since their move to the A-10, I, I think really what you look at them for is just a tough, tenacious team that is going to just play clean, fundamental basketball. And that's exactly what we got out of Davidson. Auburn really messed with their rhythm a little bit, but but Davidson settled into points in these games. And I thought, you know, they, they performed well. So whenever I think of Davidson, I think of just clean, fundamental basketball. And I think Auburn got that from them a lot of times tonight. I would say a lot of times I would agree with you. Now, there were some moments where you could definitely tell this was their first game of the season, whereas Auburn, it was their second game of the season. So the mistakes that we were making against Georgia Southern, they were making at times tonight against us. Now, as you said, there were moments and a lot of them where you could definitely see the caliber of program that has developed at Davidson over the years, even beyond Steph Curry 
is already solidified there. So it almost makes you wonder what happens if Auburn and Davidson play maybe at the end of non-conference play. Does this game go any differently and maybe not in Auburn's favor? What do you think about that aspect? I think we got the win on the front end, and I don't really care about <laughs> if we would have lost to Davidson on the back end. We, you know, I, hypotheticals kill the Auburn fan base, so I'm not going to touch them. That's true. You know, we do find a way to kind of just make ourselves more depressed and find a way not to just celebrate the win. So we'll do that here. 76 to 66, your Tigers take down the Davidson Wildcats. So there are a lot of ways that we can go in analyzing this a little bit more intricately and I'd like to start with some of the players tonight and I thought one of the guys that stood out very quickly to me tonight was uh, Daniel Purifoy Um, he scored the first points of the first and second half Uh, he did it shooting from the uh, three-point line he shot just from all over the court basically and I thought he did a great job of showing the talent that we expected from him but because of all his off the court issues and stuff it's never been really solidified and tonight was I think a great way for him to have I'll call it a breakout game even though it's only the second game of the season what did you think about D'Angelo yeah I thought D'Angelo did everything that was asked of him he filled the gap and really did well whenever Auburn needed him to facilitate a little bit I mean he wasn't running the point like a Russell Westbrook or something like that but he was moving the ball along he was getting in the middle of that zone from time to time he would shoot the players out of that zone, he would do a lot of things. And I thought Dangel really had a quality game overall, both defensively and in the offense. He, he just stuffed the stat sheet, and he did a lot of things that are never going to appear in a box score. And I, I thought he is really working towards being the glue for this team, the the player we're going to go to in the moments when we need a big shot or something like that. I think we're going to see Dangel begin to emerge and really live up to the potential that he came to Auburn with. I really like your description there, the glue of this team, because I mean, obviously if we look for the star of the team, that's, we all see it happening right now. That's going to be a Coro, but Purifoy as kind of, and I know that he's not the only senior here. We've got five of them, uh, but I, I do think he has that role here, kind of a, a calming force. And you saw them even do that at the back end of last season, when he really got going, when Bryce, or Jared were struggling, even in postseason play, D'Angelo would step up and make a clutch three. Uh, He'd get a a great offensive rebound and put it back up. He's just an extremely versatile player, and I thought he displayed that really well tonight, even on the road. Uh, A lot of our guards got into some, I won't call it foul trouble, but just got a few more fouls than they probably needed to get tonight. We can have a discussion if that was uh, some questionable calls or not, or our good old friend TV, Teddy. Now, Clint and I have always ranted about him. Uh, Teddy Valentine is not our friend, and we do not like him. Uh, but whether it was because of some quick whistles or not, one of the things that I thought that the guards at times did not do well tonight was keeping themselves out of position to have a foul called on them. For instance, Jamal Johnson had only eight minutes of play tonight, whereas he had a better game in the first game. Uh, Samir Dowdy had three fouls. There were just opportunities I felt like that we could have just been a little smarter in how we were going for some steals and things like that. What did you think about um, the foul situation and their ability to keep themselves out of it? Yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is. There were fouls. A lot of them were our own doing. I mean, refs are neither here nor there. I I thought, you know, we were very aggressive fronting the ball in our press, and I like that. I'm fine getting a, an aggressive foul, and I know Bruce Pearl's fine getting aggressive fouls as long as they're really 
playing their position hard. And yeah, Jamal Johnson picked up three. I think that one of those may have been ticky tacky, but that's just him getting back used to playing full speed. And the same with uh, Tyrell Jones. Uh, I think a lot of his came from freshman immaturity. If he turned the ball over and then immediately ran down the court and committed a foul and then did it again and immediately did the same thing yet again. And so that's just him learning the college game and really slowing himself down. So I think, uh, especially on those two accounts that, you know, really can't hold much against them. They're still kind of working a lot of stuff out. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought we did good. We we got Davidson to the foul line early, which made me really nervous because they knocked down foul shots at a high rate. Mm-hmm. But once we would get them there, we did a good job, you know, not putting them there very often after that. And so I, I think, yeah, we're we still have that foul problem, but ultimately it's not the most worrying thing I saw. And we were talking about Turbo Jones, you know, only having one minute of play in the first game. Well, he increased it by two more in this one, only three. And I think if he, you know, is maybe not making a few of those mistakes that he did, he gets even a little bit more time. So I think he'll have to go for five in the next game. And we'll hopefully start seeing him get a little bit more time. But I mean, look, if you look at this, I think this is what, 11 players that saw the court tonight. I mean, I mean, gosh, at this point, he's going to have to play the walk-ons because he's playing everybody he has available. And in, in some ways, that's great because there's a ton of depth and talent that's being developed here on the back end. So if we do face some injuries, there's going to be some people ready to go here. So I really like that we're seeing a lot of these players early and hopefully getting them ready for action later on in the game. One of those newcomers, and the one we've already mentioned tonight, Okoro. What do you think about him tonight? I, I thought Okoro really attacked the ball, attacked defense very well tonight. I mean, just one of the things I was talking to you about before the game or before we got on the recording was the offensive rating, which is basically just the points produced by a player per 100 possessions. And most of our guys land right in that 90 point range. Isaac Okoro, though, when he touches a ball, lands in the 151 points a game or per, per those 100 possessions range and I think he's phenomenal I I think he really looked at that first game maybe wasn't as aggressive as he wanted to be and came out this game and really I thought he played lockdown defense most of the night I mean there were some moments where obviously his guy got by him and got to the basket but I thought he played pretty tough-nosed defense and then he did well pushing the ball in transition where he get it he did well shooting the ball I thought that this is just another step in his growth that we're going to be seeing come SEC play. Uh, someone that may be able to take over that ball game. Yeah, he was very impressive tonight in in a variety of ways. Whether it was making the three ball, driving to the basket, and I would not even say very aggressively, just showed a lot of good body control and ability to kind of take a hit when he's driving into the lane, and then adjust his body to shoot that ball off the backboard and for a higher percentage shot. So I was very impressed by him tonight, and it's good to see him continuing to increase only two games into the season here. Uh, think Talking about ways Auburn was able to score tonight, one of the things I think they were supposed to focus on was getting the ball to Austin Wiley more down low. And I thought you saw them try to do it, and for the most part, they were successful every time they got it to him. There were a couple of dunks down there for him. And Austin did a, a decent job besides not really scoring a whole lot in this game, only five points for him. Uh, he did a great job rebounding and defending down there for the most part. 
but we went away from that. And I'm wondering why that was. Maybe they just found a better way to be successful. And one of those, I think, is unconventional points in the paint. So not traditional, dumping it down to your big men down there below so they can do some work. But driving to the basket, just like we mentioned with Okoro, putbacks, offensive glass situations. I was interested with the switching game plan there, it seemed like, where we switched away from Wiley and started focusing more on the guards driving in. What do you think about that switch up there for offense? I I think they played with what the defense was giving them, and I think that was different than what we saw in our first game against Georgia Southern is we often forced the ball, forced that post play, and really got caught out on a lot of turnovers. And I think this game we saw, you know what, like they're really pushing on Wiley hard in that zone they were able – keep a guy semi in front of him and keep someone on his hip the whole time. And so he was immediately going to go into double teams. And so I thought that we did a good job of, we would swing the ball around when we get it to Wiley's side. If the pass isn't there right away, we looked for another option. And I think that just shows just the preparation Bruce Pearl put in from the last game, even to this game is just saying, you know what, if it ain't there, don't force it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Wiley's going to get his touches because you know what, when, People like Okoro and Purifoy and McCormick and all them continue to kill them from the outside or even these little jabs in the paint or driving to the basket. They're going to have to back off Wiley, and ultimately Wiley is going to get his in some of these games. And I think really this Auburn team's mantra needs to be throughout the season is, you know, whoever the next person is, they need to step up because we got to play whatever the defense has given us. And they did a great job of that tonight. You know, guys were stepping up that didn't have as great of games against – uh, Georgia Southern there and so there seems to be a wealth of talent that we can lean on especially if one is not doing so well in a game that night let me run through a couple of the stats for Auburn tonight to give you guys a uh, an idea of how they performed 48 percent from the field 25 percent from three-point land 63 <sighs> percent from the charity stripe only 15 turnovers uh, 16 for Davidson that gives you an idea of how the ball was given up by both teams there uh Points off of turnovers, Auburn had 13. Total rebounds, Auburn wins that 38 to 33. And then assists, 11. So I bring up two of those stats because you and I talked about that in the keys to victory that we had in the last episode. Mine was free throw percentage and yours was a higher rate of assists, neither of which were met tonight, and yet Auburn was successful. So I don't know if that's a testament to how little we know or that Auburn's just versatile and can win many different ways. Uh, Were you upset with how the ball was shared tonight? I I think whenever a team comes out and zones you in the way in which Davidson did, you need to be swinging that ball, getting someone right in the middle of that zone and breaking it. And from that type of play, you get more assists and you get more of those stats. And so I'm not real thrilled of how we attack the zone, but ultimately we, we saw more driving lanes and we took what we were given. Uh, I think we could have broke that press or not that press, but zone a lot easier earlier on in the game, but we kind of drug it out a little bit. So I'm not overly disappointed. Definitely not as disappointed as you are because this could have been a very stress-free type game had we hit our free throws. We would not have to use the Clint Richardson gif at any point in time (laughs) if we would have hit our free throws. Look, it's it's so simple. They are free throws. I know I'm reaching for the sky there with 80% being my mark, but at least make 70%, 75 like we did in the last game. 
Uh, and, you know, a lot of this I, I call back to the guards. A lot of the guards weren't making their free throws. You know, I, when Austin Wiley goes to the line, I expect him to, you know, shack attack it and basically brick it off the backboard. But, uh, you know, I know they're going to get better at it and they can't be successful in every area you know, throughout the game, but I'm very disappointed in that aspect. If I'm going to find something to poke at uh, throughout this game here, but let's give a little bit of credit to our opponent here and talk a little bit about how they did and some storylines in there. Um, A big player that we had talked about in our pregame was Goodmanson. Uh, And apparently not just, we knew he was good, but everybody else did. There were a lot of NBA scouts. Apparently they're not just to see Okoro, or even Purifoy for Auburn, but they were there to see him and a couple of their Davidson players especially. Now, Auburn only gives up seven points from him, so I would say mostly kept in check. This is the Atlantic 10 Player of the Year last year. Um, I don't know particularly what we did, if he was just having an off game or if it was something we did to make him have an off game, but for the most part, he was not really an issue at all in this game. Do you think that's more because Auburn was having – a good defensive plan for him, or do you think he was just having an off night? I think it was because Auburn had a great defensive plan for him. They stuck to him like glue, whether it was Dowdy. I know guarded him a lot of the time. Purefoy had some time that he was on him. And then Isaac Okoro was on him a good bit as well. They, they made sure that he was working hard for every time he touched the ball. And then whenever he pick it up, you you got to be to the point where you're just so worn out from breaking through screens and other players time and time and time again. And I think it showed, especially first game of the year, really having to fight for every possession that you touch the ball. Yeah, and I thought Auburn did have a pretty good defensive plan uh, tonight. One of those things uh, that they were very dangerous at doing tonight, that being Davidson, where obviously they're three-point shooting. We know that from their history with Steph Curry, and they show that they're still good at three-point shooting. But what I noticed they were trying to do a lot, especially from high up beyond the arc, where a lot of backdoor cuts off a, off a cut initially and then back down towards the paint. And while at times they were able to be successful for that, it seemed like Auburn was in a really good position to stop that. So I've got to give credit to Coach Pearl and his staff for obviously seeing that in game film and being prepared for it. Because let's be honest, nobody knows this better than who played Auburn last year. Sometimes a team's just hot from downtown and you can put a hand in their face, and they're still going to make the ball. And Davidson did that a few times tonight. But I thought an area where they could have been really dangerous with the backdoor cuts, and Auburn seemed to have that under control for most of the night. So I think a combination of locking down on Goodmanson and stopping those backdoor cuts were the key tonight for Auburn defensively uh, to keep them from th- those few runs that got a little scary for us uh, from it getting out of hand. Uh, any other commentary you had about the defense tonight? I mean, I think to your point that you just made, I think you see it play true in the stats is Auburn had 30 points in the paint and Davidson came out of the game with only 12 points in the paint. That shows that we were protecting one, the backdoor cut, but also just anyone being dropped down low, any of that play within, within the posts, Auburn was snuffing it out pretty early and often. And so credit to the game plan and credit to the players for executing that game plan. You know, this is a different story here. It seems like Auburn teams of the past have been struggling in a lot of areas at the first part of the season. I want us to get ahead of ourselves here and start having too high of expectations, but this just feels like a different start for the Tigers, especially with you know the first game with Georgia Southern and now with this game at a neutral site 
against uh, Davidson in the Veterans Classic. I'm very encouraged from what I've seen so far. So we'll see if this encouraging signs continue on into the next game because we're not coming back home. We're going on down the road, down I-65 to South Alabama and Mobile to take on the Jaguars. So we'll play them this Tuesday, November 12th, and that game will be at 7 p.m. Central Time. Now, South Alabama, obviously you don't really shriek in fear when you hear them their name, but they're part of the Sun Belt. Uh, we just got done playing the uh, almost champions of the Sun Belt in Georgia Southern. So I don't know if Coach Pearl is just wanting to take out uh, the rest of the Sun Belt, or he's just wanting to add another Alabama school here. Uh, but at, at some point, Auburn's going to have to be able to take a claim on the on the Sun Belt because they just keep playing them and keep beating them there. So in terms of South Alabama, Drew, what are you thinking? Should, is there anything to be afraid of, or do you think Auburn should walk in there and pretty much win? Uh, I think Auburn, especially last year, we see him play South Alabama, get 101 to 58 win. Uh, I think Auburn should honestly be able to pack South Alabama stadium or arena. And I think this should be almost a home game for Auburn where they go in there and really take care of business, maybe get some players like Alan Flanagan and Devin Cambridge and some guys like that a little more time, get Tyrell Jones a little more ball handling time. I I think this should be a game that you come in and just spike South Alabama into the dirt. And I, I agree with you there. I think the key here is to hopefully get out to a lead early so it can be very manageable so that you can give some of these younger t- players without as much time thus far in the season a chance to work out some of their kinks because you're very high on Tyrell Jones. And I, I want to see what you're so high on him about because he hasn't had an opportunity to really show that yet. This would be a great opportunity down in Mobile for him to show that. And I do want to give credit to Coach Pearl again here. He came into Auburn and not just turn the whole program around, but he made a concerted effort to showcase not just Auburn, but the state of Alabama and their basketball programs. He has made an effort to make the UAB, I'll put it in quotations, rivalry, uh, you know, to happen more often and uh, kind of be almost on an annual basis. I think we've missed two out of the three or six years that he's been here thus far, and we'll miss it this year as well. But uh, I do like that he is adding consciously teams from Alabama even some of the smaller programs to the schedule each year obviously I think it helps you know get fans there because it's usually a lot closer than saying going up to Annapolis Uh, but what do you think about scheduling in-state teams and Auburn seems being willing to do it but Alabama does not well I mean because we're the kings of the state and so at least we we take the challenge I I'm fine with it, whatever sport. I know in soccer, we do that a lot. We face South Alabama and Samford, and those are always tough games for us because those teams want to get wins. And I think last year, you look back in basketball, that UAB game was one where a lot of questions got asked of this Auburn team. And so I'm glad we take games like this because while it may not be a true and true rivalry, like a true and through rivalry, I, I think it's definitely games that the other team shows up for and turns up for. And so... I'm perfectly fine with this. I I like to see these little feisty type teams get into Auburn a little bit, really make them earn their victories. Uh, If you're down in the area of Mobile or South Alabama, the general uh, vicinity there, make sure you head on over there Tuesday. If you want something to do on a, on a random Tuesday night, go support your Tigers. If you can travel up to Annapolis, you can travel 
down to Mobile and support them there. A couple of players for you to watch on the other side. Chad Lott, a senior guard, had 14 points per game last season. And then Josh Ajayi, a senior forward, had 13 rebounds per game last season as well. Um, I really don't have a lot of scouting on them, but if you had to say who Auburn should probably put a little bit more focus on, would you say it'd be Chad Lott or Josh Ajayi? I, I would say just put the ball in the basket. The, none of these players are really on the athletic level or even play level of Auburn. And so I, I really think this is just a game where you you work on your defense, do your job well, and really just worry about getting buckets. And I think that's a, a good way to look at this one, not to take anything away from South Alabama, their program or their players, but it's just the facts. You know, Auburn is in a different position than South Alabama is at this point. And there was a time where we couldn't say that. There was a time that we would be really having to focus on their players more than really just taking care of business on our end. And while it seems like we're taking them lightly, I do think and agree with you that this is an area where we can just handle our business and get out of there with a pretty solid win. So we'll find out what happens in the next Tuesday and we'll break it down on the next episode. But as we've been doing on every inside the jungle thus far, we want to give you an update on the women's program really quickly. They had their first game uh, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday against Wofford, which they won very closely, 84 to 82. And it was the debut of rookie, uh, rookie freshman guard Annie Huge, which has got a lot of people excited. And just a quick little stat for you, 41 straight home opening wins for the Auburn wins women's basketball program, which is an incredible streak that they still have on going to this day. Their next game will be against Old Dominion this upcoming Thursday. So tune in to there to see how they are doing. Final thoughts for you, Mr. Drew, on this game and the upcoming one for the men's basketball program. You know, I, I think it's just great to have Auburn basketball back. Glad that we're taking care of business. And I, I think the next step is going to be South Alabama. Really got to handle that game. I think you should put them away easily. And, you know, uh, just excited to see what we do with that game. We are a lot calmer than we normally are when it comes to Auburn men's basketball. And that is such a new thing for me. <laughs> because now, uh, normally Clint and I would just be like, you know, catching our breath on a podcast after a game. And it's just, not, just nice to sit back. And while a little bit close to Davidson, us uh, to say, okay, we took care of business on the road. And it's a great feeling. Uh, so if you guys want to talk with me uh, further on social media about Auburn men's basketball, you can do so on Twitter at TigerEye24. Drew, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P, zero two. And yeah. And that is it for us on this episode. Your Tigers are 2-0 and for the 2019-2020 season. That's all we have for you in this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?